Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. So much going on in the church. I love a church where there's a lot happening, even if it's opposition. You know, that's not necessarily a bad sign. You know, it's a good sign. Jesus goes before us. He's won the victory. What do we pray? Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've got God on our side. He's gone before us so we can be confident. Baptisms, Alpha Courses, so much is happening. Keep the church in your prayer. Keep the church in your prayer in terms of um, uh, reaching out because we know it's a lost world with so many lost people. And if there's something I have resolve about, it is this, that the local church, people like you and I who gather together to declare the praises and the glory of God is the answer to the woes of this world. So keep praying for everybody. Look around you. Yep, look around you. Yes, look around you. That's it. Pray for us during the week. The Bible is a plural. We, we often pray about it, me, me, I, I, but it's actually a we. So I'm excited. Easter's are coming up. So my message today is going to be an Easter one. Uh, because I don't want to get to Easter and all of a sudden go, oh, it's Easter. You know, <clears throat> Jesus died for me on the cross and you know, with 24 hours notice, I've got my attention to the cross and I'm, I'm putting it in there. So I want to preach about the cross of Jesus Christ today, the blood of Jesus and what he's done for us and what that blood means for each one of us on an, an everyday basis so that we are focused as we head into Easter. Our spirits are starting to be attuned with what God has ordained through the blood of Jesus Christ for each one of us. And I want to start with Luke 9.51. I'll be good to go. I don't normally do this, but just to the person next to you, say, I'm excited. I'm expectant. God is going to do something in my spirit this morning. And my mind will be renewed in the name of Jesus. We started off strong. A couple of people dropped off towards the end there. Well, that's good. It's the heart that matters. Luke 9, 51. And as time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And, and the word resolutely really caught my attention because Jesus is the king of all creation. Things should be easy for him. But he needed to be resolute about what he was going to be facing when he went to Jerusalem on the cross. What does it mean to be resolute? He was purposeful, he was determined, and he was unwavering. Jesus knew he was going to be offered on the cross as a sacrifice for every sin from every person for all time. Now when I think about myself, the weight of my sin upon Jesus on the cross, I go, that's a pretty heavy burden to bear. But he didn't just carry my sin, he carried the sin of every person who has ever lived, who ever will live. So you can imagine how strong he was as he hung on the cross and how strong he was as he went through that week before Easter. He was resolute because he knew he would face opposition. There were going to be challenges and those opposition was spiritual, it was emotional, it was physical. And if you read through what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, you get sort of an indication as to what Jesus was facing and the, 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 the need for him to be resolute about what he knew was going to happen. So just as Jesus was resolute in his commitment to the cross, to our salvation, we remain resolution, sorry, we remain resolute in our faith that the blood of Jesus is God's ultimate provision for us. 
that the blood of Jesus makes possible a life that is free from the influence of the devil, a life that is free from the power of sin and everything that flows from sin. Our sickness, our anxieties, our feeling of guilt, our feeling of rejection, our feeling of failure, all have their root in sin. We need to be resolute in our faith that Jesus on the cross overcame the power of sin and overcame the power of death in our life. His death makes possible our life. We sang about it this morning. If I flip that around and state the same thing, but much more positively, we need to be resolute in our faith that the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross brought into our lives a new blessing and a new covenant. If we read the Old Testament, I like to hold up the Bible every now and then. <laughs> if we look at the Old Testament, we see an old agreement. Yeah? There was a whole priestly setup of sacrifices. And the book of Hebrews says they were never ever going to make us permanently holy or permanently clean. They were just there until the perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ, came along. The Old Testament, you know, with the temple sacrifices, was really, if you're going to get to God, he was a long way off and there was a series of barriers to get to him. You'd, you would approach the temple where God's presence was, holy presence, and if you were a woman, well, you can't go any further. Okay, men, we go on. All right. All right, if you're not a priest, you can't go any further. Then we go on. All right, unless you're a direct descendant of Aaron, the first high priest, you can't go on. Unless you're the one priest chosen one day of the year, you can't go on. So one priest, one day of the year, was able to go into the holy presence of God. But the blood of Jesus, and we need to be resolute in our faith, and sometimes we still feel, because I know I feel like this, and I'm just a human like you, you know, sometimes I feel that I'm not right enough I'm not holy enough. I've got to fix myself up. Or all sorts of guilt and anxiety and rejection and failure and fear get in the way of me actually connecting with God. But we want to be resolute. As Jesus was resolute when he went to the cross, we need to be resolute. The Bible says, hold fast your faith. Hold fast your confession. Why do you have to hold fast your faith in your confession? Because just as Jesus faced spiritual, emotional, and physical opposition, we do that. We've, we have the same. So if I flip that around and, and talk about the new covenant pos po uh, positively, Hebrews 10. Read Hebrews 10. I'm not going to read it. That's homework. Yeah. Hebrews 10 is a really good summary of what the new covenant is. But let me go through it very, very quickly. Ethan. Ethan's my go-to guy. Ethan's going to be me, and I'm going to be God, all right? Here's the new covenant. It says, this is the blood of the new covenant. I will write my laws on your heart. And if you, pockets of Jer Jeremiah and Ezekiel, you know, the new covenant. I'm going to take out your heart of stone. Oh, you've been working out. <laughs> Thank you, man. Just looks right. And I'm going to give you a soft heart. And I'm going to write my laws on your heart. And no one's going to have to teach you about me because you will know about me. You know, I'm going to write my laws on your heart. What's the most sensitive part of our body? You know what I mean. Heart. There we are. I'm lovingly writing upon your heart my law, my thoughts, my heart for you. My thoughts are going to be your thoughts. I wish I could get further into you, but I can't. Well, I can because God lives inside us. 
he will write our laws on our heart, we will hear his voice. We will be able to follow after him. He's as close to us as he can possibly get. But it gets better. What is the blood of the new covenant? I will write my law on your heart. Your sin, Ethan, I will remember no more. I'm going to make him clean. Make him cleanse. And then the third part is this. And he can have confidence to come into my presence. What's a physical picture of that? Our relationship with God is one of intimacy. Our sins he does not remember. It's a new covenant. And I can come into his presence with all joy and confidence. I forgot the first bit, which was he's going to write our laws on our heart. You probably saw me pause for a minute, didn't you? So what's the picture? It's this. He's a good hugger, Emily. There's the presence. There's the picture. And we need to be resolute in that. We've got to confess that and believe that. Hold fast that confession. Mm. Emily, you come here. You be me. But we have an enemy. The devil does not like that. And the devil sows sin. You know, fear, reject, all that stuff. God, that's not God. Because what the devil is doing is this. You guys, right? You're hugging each other tight. Because the devil doesn't want that. The devil's going to go like this. You know, the devil's going to go like this. (laughs) (laughs) Emily is holding fast her confession. I can't fit in there. Ah, there we go. You know, mostly what the devil does? Come back a bit so I can. He messes with this, doesn't he? The Bible says we wrestle. Just, I apologize before I do this. Okay. The Bible says we wrestle. You know, we wrestle with principalities and powers. And it gets in through here mainly, doesn't he? And, some, and through our physical body as well. But the image that Jesus has for us to live a life of overcoming victory is one that he has brought us so close to God. Why did Jesus go to the cross? To put us to put to death the works of the enemy. What is the enemy trying to do? Separate us from the love of God. Separate us from the assurance of God. And Jesus put an end to that. The devil is defeated. So when we buy into the devil's words of anxiety and fear and failure and rejection, I know that's I'm not trying to simplify all of that. I understand it's a battle. But we hold fast our faith that the blood of Jesus Christ makes this, let's do the huggy, possible. Look at that. That's the picture of how God sees us and God wants us and what God has made possible for us. Let's give you a round of applause. Yeah. As we hold fast our faith about what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that is the best way to honour Jesus and what he has done for us. Revelation 12, verse 11 says this. You've heard me preach out of this before. It's one of my core scriptures. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. Speaking of the end time, there is going to be victory. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, fear, failure, rejection, guilt, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him. Who's they? 
us, who's him? The devil and everything that comes from him. They triumphed over him. That tells us we're in direct conflict with the devil. That tells us he's on our case. That tells us he wants to rob us and rob God of what he has established. How do we overcome him? God gives us two ways, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. They're the two things we have by which they overcome him. The blood of the lamb, the work of Jesus on the cross and the word of our testimony, that we are resolute, that we hold on and confess our faith position that the blood of Jesus has redeemed us from the power of sin and death. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. That's one of his titles. You've got to have a confession. Otherwise, Jesus can't be a high priest. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. What are you confessing about yourself? What are you confessing about what Jesus has done for you? What are you confessing about the cross and its role in your life? Listen to this. I didn't write this down. I, I didn't write this. I read it somewhere. We overcome Satan when? We personally testify to what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. We overcome Satan when we personally testify to what the word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. So let's look at those two things. The blood of the lamb, we sang about it this morning. The other thing that's been on my heart is this, to, to, to preach about the blood of the lamb. It's a phrase we sing and it's a phrase we read, but a lot of people coming in might go, that's a bit strange. What's the, who's the blood of the lamb and what's, why is the lamb overcome and what, what is this? But we see it in the scripture. It's a lamb, a sacrifice that God has provided for us. So have, let's have a look at that and then we'll talk about how we apply that to our lives. I love this verse, John the Baptist, John chapter 1 verse 29. It's the first declaration of who Jesus is, the first public declaration. John the Baptist, the first chapter of John. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the Lamb of God. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul writes this. For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. Who are John or what are John and what are Paul referring to? Nicole opened the door last week when she said, You know, we've been welcomed in to the inheritance that Israel has as a special people. And a lot of what we enjoy as the new covenant and as being Christians, the root of a lot of that is, is in how God dealt with the children of Israel early on. And so this reference is back to uh, an ordinance that God put in place when the uh, children of Israel were, were captive in Egypt. And they were about to head out. If you know the story, um, God sent plagues against Egypt to get Pharaoh to let the people go so they could worship in the desert and God could bring them into the promised land. And the last plague to come was going to be that the firstborn male of every family was going to pass away. But we didn't want Israel to experience that. And so God said, this is how you do it. Exodus 12. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once, select the animals for your families, and slaughter the Passover lamb. Slaughter a lamb, and that lamb is going to have a special title. It's going to be the Passover. Take a bunch of hyssop, weed, dip it in the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. 
had to be obedient as well. It wasn't just a matter of putting the blood up. You had to be obedient, stay in the house, stay under the blood. For when the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and on the sides of the door frame and will pass over. Yeah. The death will pass over. You will not die. You will not be subject to the judgment. Will pass over that doorway and he will not permit the destroyer prophetic of the devil, he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house or strike you down. It's the blood of the Passover lamb that protects you. Who is our Passover lamb? It's Jesus Christ. The Passover is prophetic of what Jesus was going to do on the cross. The true lamb that God provides is the body of Jesus. Again, if you read in Hebrews, Jesus, you know, Jesus is speaking and he says, you have prepared a body for me and I'm prepared to take it on. One of the reasons Jesus walked around in flesh and blood was not just to show the glory of God, but so there could be a perfect sacrifice that could be offered up. It was not a lamb that we provided. It was a lamb, a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice that God provided to be offered up. He is our true and perfect sacrifice that makes atonement which covers every sin which protects us so the judgment death does not fall upon us but passes over as it sees the blood so so long as they slayed the blood the lamb and collected the blood they were safe not really because if you slay the lamb and slaughter the lamb and collect the blood it's in the basin it has no power it doesn't protect you until you take the blood from the basin and you apply it to where you live. Now you are protected. Now you are covered by the blood. Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus, the sacrifice that God provided for each one of us, has been slain 2,000 years ago. It's now our job to take that blood from the basin, as you like, and to apply it to where we live, to apply it to our heart, to apply it to our lives. And how do we do that? God says, by the word of your testimony. You will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, God's sacrifice on the cross. And when you personally testify to what the word of God says, the blood of Jesus does for you. The power of life and death is in the tongue, the Bible says. We use our tongue to declare the promises of God over our life. So when the devil comes to try and break up this intimacy, what does he see? A person who is holding fast to their faith and is resolute that what the Bible says, what God says, is real, is true, is powerful and effective day in, day out for each one of us. So what does the Bible say about what the blood of Jesus does for us? I'm going to go through a list of about six things, seven things, and that's not everything. But as I go through six or seven things, it just gets better and better and better and better. God says, you can't really grasp how much I love you. So we need to pray to the Holy Spirit each and every day. God, reveal to me how much you do love me. Make it real. And if you don't feel it, we still speak it and we declare it. It's about speaking the word. The first thing is we have redemption. We are redeemed, a good old-fashioned biblical word, but it's the word the Bible uses. I'm not necessarily going to use it out there with the ladies in the office if I'm trying to 
to um, you know, convey my faith. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not going to do that there. But I will do it in my prayer life. I will do it in here. I will speak God's words. So we are redeemed. Ephesians 1.7 For in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 20. For you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. What does it mean to be redeemed? Well, Adam and Eve sold us into the hands of sin. Adam and Eve sold us into the hands of the devil. It's like if you've ever been to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a pawn shop. What do you call those? Uh, cash converters. Yeah, you go to cash converters. Uh, here's my guitar. I need some money. Okay, uh, give me a hundred dollars for it. Oh, got a hundred dollars. Walk away. That guitar is. I've lost it. Unless I come back now and redeem it. Unless I pay the price to get that guitar back. That's what redemption means. So we have been sold into the hands of the enemy. We were sold into the hands of sin and death. But the blood of Jesus paid the price to take us away from the hand of the enemy and to place us into the hand of God. Where are you? The blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed you. You are no longer in the hands of the enemy. You are no longer subject to sin and death. You are in the hands of a loving, grace-filled, kind God your Father in heaven. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What is my testimony? Through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed from out of the hand of the enemy. When we're redeemed, we are also cleansed. We are forgiven. 1 John 1, 7. For if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. Hebrews 9.14 How much more then will the blood of Jesus Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? We are redeemed. We are in the hands of God. And when God looks at us, what is the blessing of the blood? That our sin is taken away. We are cleansed. It's such a blessing. We don't need to walk around. We don't get to walk around if we're confessing our faith, feeling guilty. And as I was preparing this message, I feel that there's some people today who are weighed down by guilt about things that they have done or things that you have not done. As we come to an end this afternoon and this morning and we take our communion, your confession needs to be resolute that through the blood of Jesus Christ, my heavenly Father has forgiven me and has cleansed me from all guilt and all sin. Not only are we redeemed, then God then goes to work and shines us up, takes every stain and every blot away from us each and every day. We're redeemed. We're cleansed. We are then justified. There's a good Bible word for you. We are made righteous in the image of God. What does justified mean? It's just as if I never sinned. Because the blood of Jesus Christ means we can identify one who was with one who was sinless. Romans says this, 
He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. It's like this. If I go into debt for $100, then I go into debt for $100. When God forgives me, when God redeems me, he goes, you don't owe that anymore. Justification, righteousness puts me into credit. God says, you're not just innocent. This is where it starts to go, God, I can't, this is just getting, I cannot grasp how wonderful your gift is. I go into credit. I'm not just innocent, but I'm made righteous as well. I am clothed with the rich robes of righteousness. There's a great passage in Zechariah, we won't go to it, Zechariah 3. And God, there's a picture of a man in rags and the devil saying, see, 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 see. And God says, enough, Satan, right? I rebuke you. This man is under the blood of Jesus Christ. Go and get rich robes and put them on him. What does God see when he sees us covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? He sees someone redeemed, someone clean, someone clothed in rich robes of righteousness. And we hold fast that confession of our faith. What is my confession? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am justified. I am made righteous just as if I never sinned. And if you're trying to keep up, you don't need to, because I've done this for you. All right? In the little pocket in front of you, just a quick ad. It's not perfect, but it's made with love. <laughs> nice little reminder there, there are some confessions for you. So you don't need to write everything down, although I believe in that. You are sanctified and holy, Ephesians 1 verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You are redeemed, you are cleansed, you are justified and made righteous and you are sanctified and holy. I've got a sanctified, holy mug at home. It's got a chip in it and it's peeling, but it's holy and sanctified to me. It's set apart for a special purpose. It brings me pleasure every morning. That's my special cup. And even though it's damaged and ugly, it's special to me because someone gave it to me, Lockie. That's why it's special. And Jesus has presented you to the Father. Someone special has presented you to God. So... We don't want to feel down about ourselves. Don't talk badly about ourselves. Don't talk badly about other people because they are holy and sanctified, set apart for the purposes of God, for his pleasure. What is our confession? Through the blood of Jesus, I am holy and I am set apart to God. Why don't you say that? Through the blood of Jesus, I am holy and set apart to God. We have someone who prays for us through the blood of Jesus. Because have you ever gone through times when you think, I can't make it? You ever gone through times when you think, I don't know what to pray? Have you ever gone through those? The blood of Jesus makes it possible for us to cry out to God and say, Jesus, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I don't want to do, but I know that your blood speaks mercy for me. I'm not making it up. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. But you, you have come, I love this scripture, 
But you, you have, I've been waiting to get to it. But you, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to it. You're not going to it. You're already there. The blood of Jesus has put you there. What was he talking about before verse 22? He was talking about the children of Israel in the old covenant who came to Mount Sinai. And when they came to Mount Sinai, what did they find? Lightning, thunder, fire, smoke, and you were not allowed to touch the mountain or you would die. That's not the mountain we've come to. We've come to Mount Zion. We've come to Jerusalem. We've come to what is closest to God's heart where God dwells. And the doors are open because the blood of Jesus Christ has made that possible for us. So you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to, look around you, oh no, not yet, thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. The cross of Jesus Christ ushered in a time of great intimacy with God and it's joyful in heaven. To the church of the firstborn, look around now, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. Look around, born again, believers, your name is written in heaven. You don't have to fear anything. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the, pardon me, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Right. The blood that Jesus shed on the cross still speaks and still talks for us before God. And it speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. What does that mean? Got to go back to Genesis. Cain and Abel, two brothers, the original sons of Adam and Eve. And both of them brought an offering to God. And Cain just brought some stuff. It says some stuff. And brought some of his produce. And Abel brought the best, the fattest, the most perfect. And God looked upon Abel's sacrifice with affection and with favour. And Cain got upset and went and killed his brother, Abel. And then God comes and says, Cain, have you seen Abel? He goes, what am I, my brother's keeper? So he's a killer and a liar and he talks rudely to God. Right? That's not a great heritage that we have. Thank you, you've got Jesus. And so what does, and God says this, I know he's dead because his blood cries out to me from the earth. The blood of Abel speaks to God. And the blood of Abel is saying this, this blood was shed against my will. This blood has been shed on the earth and it cries out for vengeance. That's the blood, that's the talk that Abel's blood speaks. Shed against my will, sprinkled on the earth, and cries out for vengeance. What does the blood of Jesus speak? Something which is far, far, far better. As much as the blood of Abel speaks what it speaks down there, the blood of Jesus speaks so much more. Blood of Jesus was not shed against his will. He gladly shed it for each one of us. It was shed out of love. It wasn't sprinkled on the earth. It was sprinkled, the Bible says, in the heavenly places, in the tabernacle that is in heaven so that sin and death could be defeated in the heavenlies. And it doesn't cry out for vengeance, vengeance, it cries out for mercy for each one of us. And it speaks and it speaks and it speaks. So through the blood of Jesus, 
we have someone who is an advocate for us before our Heavenly Father. So if we ever are in that place where we don't know what to pray or we can't pray or we're feeling what we're feeling, we can pray, Jesus, I declare that through your blood I know that your mercy speaks for me before the heavenly throne. What do I pray? Through the blood of Jesus, when I can't pray, the blood of Jesus pleads for me in heaven and it pleads mercy. And so when we put those things together, redemption, forgiveness, a cleansing through the blood of Jesus, we are justified, we are made righteous. Is that enough for you? Because there's more. We are sanctified. We are made holy. We have someone who speaks to us before God. And we have, put all those together, intimacy with God. Ethan, can I have you again? We have access through the blood of Jesus. Let me read Hebrews 10, 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. You couldn't enter the most holy place in the Old Testament unless you were that one priest one day of the year with a special blood. We can come to God any time we want. We owe Jesus' resolution that hung him on the cross an awful lot. By a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, thanks Ethan, with the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. What is the upshot? What is the end point of all of those blessings we have? Because God provided his lamb for us. He knew we were never, ever going to be able to pay the price. It needed someone absolutely perfect, someone absolutely holy, someone who was God himself. But for his amazing love was prepared to come in human flesh, made human forever, a physical body forever, that the pure blood could be shed and that sacrifice would make possible all these blessings and a return to God as Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. So we are and so we will be as we come to the end of the age. Can I have the musicians, please? We're going to sing the Passion again whilst we take some communion. The last of our blessings is this. That through the blood of Jesus, we have eternal life. And I've batched into that one. We have healing by the stripes of Jesus. And God gave us communion. That we could take it together. But it's an ordinance. And it's not necessarily something we speak with our mouths. But Paul says this, that when you take communion, when you take of the bread, when you take of the cup, you proclaim. You speak louder than words. You proclaim into the heavenlies my death until I come in glory, the scripture says. What are we saying? We're saying Jesus lived. He died. He gave up the blood which gives us life. But we know he's coming again. How can he possibly come again? He rose from the dead. 
He was dead, but he put death to death. We're going to sing it in a minute. He put death to death. Death was his portion. Freedom was our portion. What a wonderful exchange. We're going to sing it in a minute. And as we sing it, we're going to declare that the Lamb of God, the sacrifice God provided for each one of us, we apply that over our lives. We hold fast that confession of our faith that without the blood of Jesus Christ, we are not redeemed. Without the blood of... You have to go through the cross. So much of our world is trying to go around the cross to find freedom and liberty and wholeness. They won't. God's made one way clear. It's through the cross. God says, I give you life, and the life is in the blood of Jesus Christ, in Leviticus. I give you life, and that life is in the blood of Jesus. As you walk through the cross, the blessings of God are what? Abundant. Jesus came that you might have life, and you might have abundant. And Holy Spirit, we receive that now. So we're going to take communion. And as we take communion, we're going to stand and sing the song. And then at the end of that song, I'm going to get you to make a declaration, a personal testimony of what the Word of God says the blood of Jesus has done for you. So Asha, thank you. If we can hand out the bread and the wine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we come before you now and we prepare our hearts you are so wonderful God you are so glorious we thank you for the sacrifice of your son we thank you for the blood of Jesus We know, Lord, that you demand righteousness, but you give us righteousness. Lord, we know you demand purity, but you give us purity. Lord, we know you demand righteousness, but you give us righteousness. Lord, we know you demand holiness, but you give us holiness. And in a moment, God, we're going to stand and come before you with our voices, with our hearts. And our declaration is that by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been made free. We are healed. We are whole. We have eternal life. Church, let's stand. We're going to sing this song. Just hold your emblems until we get through it once and then we will take it.
Yeah. Death to death and life for me. Lockie, if we can have that last slide, please. This is what the Word of God says. The blood of Jesus does for us. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. I am sanctified. I am justified, cleansed, made righteous, loved. I am with God and I have eternal life. As you take the bread and the wine this morning, why don't you speak that out over your life? Or maybe one of them. This is your testimony. That the blood of Jesus has won for you. How do we overcome? Here this morning we make our declaration by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.